Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello and welcome to another Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Andy Daniel, social media coordinator with MPN, and I'm here with Jim and also with Jennifer Driscoll. She is a certified behavioral health peer support specialist here in Missoula, and she has over nine years in recovery. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Andy and Jim. I'm happy to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, I've been in, yes, recovery for over nine years, getting close to 10, and I've been certified as peer support specialist since July of 2019 and started working in the field shortly after that and I'm working for a small agency here in Missoula and get to do some brand new things in the field, so it's been really exciting to be able to put my recovery to work in a different way. Great. So today we're going to talk about active participation, right, and that recovery requires active participation. Um, was there an aha moment when you realized that you had to do that active participation in your recovery? Oh yes, absolutely. And I think um, for everyone, including myself, that aha moment is going to be different. Like there's going to be different words or concepts that gel with a person at different times. And for me, I remember being at a business meeting for some particular group and the board members were all talking about you know, budgets and how we're going to use this money this month and asking for suggestions. And uh, the main person kept saying, well, that particular item is a want, or yes, that particular item is a need, that's valid, we'll go through with this. And that was just so profound for me at the time. It just really struck home, and I went home that night and wrote down my own want and needs list and hung it on my refrigerator and just started following that. And it really gave me a sense of, you know, one, kind of how flawed my thinking was still in early recovery, um, but also maybe something to realistically shoot for for goals. You know, I, I would like cross things out and put them in the other column and and just realize, oh, well, maybe, you know, taking a vacation in Hawaii is not really a need, you know, and right. maybe it's not really realistic right. at this point, Yeah, that's correct. I think uh, 
the concept of having a recovery plan uh, came much later when uh, I actually started getting involved in the Montana Pair Network. I think up to that point, it was more kind of winging it. <laughs> so I, I see the well, wisdom we, of having a recovery plan. We have that effect on um, do you feel like then you were able to use that wants and needs list to help you build a recovery plan? Yes, that was a that was a very good basis. Um, like I said, it kind of opened my eyes to um, you know to where to where I needed to go so that I could you know build in some you know some a, a safety net you know accountability um, and just even daily, even partial daily goals that, right. that would help keep me in action right. all the time or start realizing when I was taking taking action that did, might not really feel like it at first. Um, you know, like uh, we were talking a few moments ago, just the very act of getting up to work and hopefully being to work on time are things that I couldn't be relied on to do before I was in recovery, right. you know, and, and, and employers like that, still <laughs> decide, right? When, you're, when your employees actually, that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but those are common things that happen to people when they're struggling, right? Is that they're not showing up to work on time or not even showing up to work, right? Right, and that can have a huge impact because then if you have disciplinary action or lose your job or then you begin to take that personally. I'm failing. I'm not achieving those things. Right. Yeah. And there's more anxiety in, in recovery. Right. 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 So, how has that changed from your early recovery to now? Well, I think um, part of it was, you know, in early recovery, I really, really needed to surround myself with just primarily recovery people. You know, I had to be involved in lots of different meetings. Um, I had to have people I could be accountable to. Uh, at first, you know, I didn't really trust myself making big decisions in, in my life, um, or sometimes even little ones, you know. Um, you know, for example, one of the things that I help people with a lot in in my current peer support work is, you know, writing a resume. Maybe a lot of people just haven't really had to do that before. Um, and so, you know, in, in early recovery, that's what I had to do. I had to make sure that everything pretty much that I did in my life was somehow connected to people in recovery so that I could learn how to live that way again. Um, and I think how it's changed now is um, the concepts are still the same, but I can more often rely on myself. Um, not necessarily myself, but, but my ability to make good, healthy decisions. Uh, so I find the times that I'm asking for help are maybe fewer and far between or um, you know, different different times that I need to reach out for help. Um, maybe not over every little thing, or maybe just over some 
some big things that might cause me anxiety. So it's a, it's a bit more independence and self-sufficiency now, uh, but that doesn't mean that I have um, shirked away from still being around recovery and accountability. Um, it just means that I've been able to go out in the community more um, with, you know, with my, not necessarily with my recovery, but just go out in the community more and be present and look for opportunities to take action, like be involved in uh, church circle, um, you know, be be involved in volunteering for my, you know, favorite thing in the community, and um, you know, being able to show up that way. And at first, you know, that was too overwhelming and too scary, and I had to just keep things kind of with within recovery circles. So that's the biggest way. Sounds like you've gained the self confidence. Oh, absolutely. That's a really good point. (laughs) I think that's something that um, maybe a person themselves doesn't doesn't realize is happening until uh, you start taking bigger actions and maybe look backward and say, hey, I just did that. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the idea of you know, taking action when we first started talking about this podcast, that really, I mean, that's something you and I, Andy, have talked about many times, and um, it's just so important because I think, um, you know, as an organization where we put out a lot of trainings and webinars, and people can get information, education, resources, but unless you are willing to put that into action, the impact is very little. It's very low, in my opinion, from what I observe. I think it's the people who absorb it and then take in, you know, um, I'm thinking of like, a, you know, Don Roberts, you know, right? Like comes to Pierce Court 101 training, he's inspired, and now he's opened a, a, a center and, you know, they're providing services and, you know, right? It's, it's, it's growing because you take action with it. And that's an important one, really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would be as connected like to the recovery movement if I hadn't had the opportunity to, as soon as I was done with PS 101, pretty much, to start with this. Um, it was a very short period of time in there. Um, and if that hadn't happened, I, I probably wouldn't be active, I guess, right. in the right. stuff. I would have just taken the information and then... Right, <laughs> right. Which I, which I think it happens with a lot of people. That's yeah. exactly, and I think I see that a lot because having you know eight or eight plus years into doing trainings across the state, it's really easy for me to sort of I, I can see in the training the people that are their wheels are turning. They're going to take what they're learning, put it into some kind of action. And then that begins to pay off in other ways, whether it doesn't have to be as big as starting a program, but they're absorbing it and they're thinking, how do I apply this to my to my life, right? And it helps them gain that self-confidence and go out and do other things and grow and, yeah. Well, I think your point of being in, involved in, in something that helped you take action, Andy, is, is really important. Um, because it does give a person a, a sense of 
belonging um, to be able to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, but I think also uh, alongside that is the importance of having good examples, um, you know, to follow and show show you how to do some of these things that you're not familiar with doing yourself. And I know one of the things that I have done with um, the people that I mentor off and on is, you know, to kind of get that concept going in their heads um, is, you know, take a situation and talk about a situation during the day and say, you know, what did you do right? Because, you, know, um, you know, sometimes if you say, what did you do for your recovery today? People kind of look blank and be like, um, I don't know. <laughs> but if you break it down a little further, you know, say, for example, um, you know, <clears throat> a person has children and are trying to get them dressed for school and well, what did you do right in that situation? Well, I didn't yell at my kids, you know, and we made a game out of it, and we all ended up being out the door on time. You know, you, it depends on the person in the situation, but you can find things like that where pointing out to whoever you're talking to the little actions that they already take can help build that sort of uh, response and recognition in yourself. Yeah, Jim and I have actually talked about this several times about there are times when just getting out of bed is yeah. enough. You know, right. that that's right. a good recovery step. I'm gonna get out right. of bed every day. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. Sometimes right. that's absolutely yeah. <laughs> enough yeah. for all that a person can do. Absolutely. I very early on you're right, Andy, you talked about this on previous podcasts and uh, um, one of the things for me is um, every day getting up taking a shower and putting on clean clothes. And that comes from very early days in my recovery, where before that, that, that wasn't always happening, but I wasn't even conscious of that being part of my wellness. And this habit of just every single day, just getting up, taking a shower and putting on clean clothes, you know, brushing my teeth, combing my hair, that stuff. Because when you're not well, that's not happening consistently and just being in a habit and now 20 some years later I'm still doing that same habit and it serves me really well and helps me feel fresh and you know like a new day yeah yeah sort of like let go of the past kind of thing you know today's a new day and just simply making yourself important for the day like I am important enough to take care of myself in these little ways And if those, and then those small steps can lead into the bigger things, like you right. building your self confidence, right? right? So now I've gotten out every day for a week, and I wasn't doing that before. What is the next thing? Exactly. I right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think that uh, you know building that self confidence and self awareness, but still having um, people that you can be accountable to is is helpful because then you also learn how to um, recognize your own body cues as mm-hmm. to when mm-hmm. you know just getting out of bed is all you can do versus when you can push yourself a little bit more or also versus when am I being a tiny bit of a baby here about a situation you know when am I living in anxiety and fear and how can I 
said in the beginning about the, the wants and the needs list and Andy you made that comment about the recovery plan because I think um, you know like we do PS 101 and we we teach like more of a, a formal sort of plan and, and we say it in class we say look your plan can look like anything but we don't do anything other plans we just kind of stick with this formal or people take wellness recovery action planning that's a very formal program but it's interesting this wants just making the wants and needs list. Can you talk a little more about that? Oh, sure. Like give some specific examples. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, you know, I guess for me, I used the example that I had just come back from fresh. You know, at a at a business meeting, mm -hmm. like they were looking at budgets and what you needed to purchase for you know mm -hmm. for that month. And so perhaps for me, it started out that way, like, okay, I have this check coming in, and what do I need to do with it? <laughs> How am I going to use this money? Um, you know, so thinking about a budget, perhaps not strictly doing one, but you can, I could utilize the wants and needs list um, that way, like, oh, paying rent on time is probably a pretty high up there <laughs> need. I need so that I, right. I don't I don't want to <laughs> yes <laughs> yes exactly i'd rather go to right. Right. and and it was right. you know maybe sometimes along with that the realization of oh before i was in recovery i used the money for rent as things that I wanted, not that I needed, and then that caused other uh, other troubles right. <laughs> in my life. So if yeah. I want to have a smoother path in recovery, I can learn to use my wants and needs list a little more responsibly, you know, um, you know, like maybe putting, going to a movie that just came out, <laughs> maybe going to Star Wars is not exactly a need. <laughs> that when we talk because there is a section where we ask people do you have a recovery plan and some people will say yes 
Yeah. You know, they've gone to rap or whatever, and they, yeah, 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 I got one, or I advanced directive or something. But I'm wondering if that would be, you know, if you had uh, half the room doesn't, you could do a very quick, right. like, like, did you draw yours out? Did you, like, make a line on a piece of paper and say, oh. wants, needs? Oh, absolutely. And then I'd cross stuff out and be like, oh, whoops, that doesn't belong there. I need to cross that out, right? And the other yeah, columns. Move it over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. constantly changing, yeah. dating, and getting a new piece of paper. But, yeah, that yeah. visualization um, really helped, mm-hmm. helped the awareness in, you know, where, where I was still being a little bit flawed in my life. Sure, sure. Now, did you uh, put it up somewhere where you would see it? Yeah, I had it hanging like on the refrigerator in, in the kitchen, so I'd see it all the time. I'd see it, you know, pretty much the last thing I'd see before I left for the day, or um, you know, have a table where I'd do my, you know, work right next to it. Right. So when I was sitting down, you know, trying to take care of other, you know, business, it would be right there in front of me. That's great. No, I love this. This would be a really good way to visualize that if you if you don't want to do an advanced directive or if rap isn't what you want to do. This is like <laughs> this is like an aha moment for me now. <laughs> I'm like, wow, a good way to start a recovery plan. Well, it was so simple. Whereas you know something like oh, make a budget just sounded so overwhelming, and right. I had no idea how to start. Right. So this was just something that really made sense in the beginning that I could follow and I think that's part of the key too is what will you do that you will actually follow through with that's the action piece right when we talk about the stages of change right and somebody's you know contemplating do I want to do this or not okay maybe I want to do it you make a plan that that next one which is the action which is what you're talking about that's the one where people fall off. It's really easy in a training or a workshop or a webinar to go, yeah, that's a great idea, Jennifer. I'm going to do that. You know, right? And you might even write some right notes down. down. Exactly. Exactly. Right? But, but if you don't put that into practice, it goes nowhere. And I say this all the time. I mean, people, they come, they get our binders or handouts, and then they go home and it goes under the bed or in a shelf, yeah, <laughs> and you never see it again. It's like, just, you know, I mean, it's that action. You have to be motivated to take it to the next level, which is the action piece and, and that reminder on your fridge or, you know, the bathroom or on the phone or whatever, right? Yeah, and you talk a lot about accountability, too, and having other people in your life to help hold you accountable. Right. So tell me a little more about how other people have influenced you or helped you. Right. Well, you know, I did, I was pretty active in some of the 12-step groups in early recovery. So that was, you know, for me, kind of a solid basis of learning. But I think it's also me just learning that awareness of who are good, solid people, whether or not they are in recovery. Who is, who shows up to work? Who shows up for their friends? Who has a really cool job? Who does cool things in the community? Like, who do I want to be like a little bit? You know, who do I want to learn from? And so, you know, for me, it was a little bit of a mixture 
you know, certain friends or, or former colleagues, um, plus people that I'd met in, in various recovery circles. Um, but I, I do kind of remember having a really good uh, gal friend who was sort of, we were sort of uh, each other's mid-team uh, friend. <laughs> and, and I think that was kind of important too because you can have mentors that, you know, teach you the, nut, the nuts and bolts of how to do this and where what you're what you're doing wrong or what you should try next time, you know, all those kinds of building blocks of learning and recovery, but you also, I think, sometimes need that realistic friend, like, I don't understand this, or I hate this today, or that, you know, that kind of thing, and <clears throat> so I did have a good friend like that, and there, there was a time, I don't know, maybe a year into things where we were uh, someplace for lunch, and we started talking, and all of a sudden, it's kind of like we both looked at each other, and we're like, Listen to us. We sound so grown up. When did that happen? And we just bust out laughing because we realized that we weren't quite so much of the whiny venters anymore to each other. That we were actually, you know, talking, talking differently and acting differently in our lives. And that was kind of, I guess, another fun moment. That's great. That's great. So we've talked about the importance of taking action, but taking that step can be really difficult. Um, what kind of advice do you have for people who are having trouble with that, making that jump? Right. Well, I think, you know, the main thing is don't be too hard on yourself uh, at first. You know, that happens a lot with, I think, people in recovery. You're so used to, um, you know, being told or knowing that you're doing something wrong or that you have this shame about your your actions that it's it's hard to switch gears in your head about that. So I think the first thing would be don't you know try not to take yourself you know be take yourself too seriously or be too hard on yourself. Um, and I think that you know also we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier but just reminding yourself that every little action you take is part of your recovery like getting out of bed for the day is part of your recovery and it's a step in the right direction and showing up to work is a step in the right direction and basically anything that you're doing in your life now in recovery that is opposite of what you did when you were using can be pictured as an action in recovery. So I think, you know, a lot of times just having someone to remind you or reminding or getting to the point of reminding yourself that, hey, I did do some things for my recovery today, <laughs> um, you know, is a, is a big step in the right direction. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. This has been wonderful. Yeah, I think I, Jim and I have now got some ideas about things we're going to add yeah. to <laughs> training the, the and stuff. Yeah. So I'm honored. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> so thanks again. Thank you for having me. That's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible.
Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.